tell you about that when you don't stand your lane financially right <laughs> absolutely <laughs> <laughs> no so uh, we got wadlene charles wadlene charles. charles you know okay beautiful name by the way thank you uh, so so where are you from i am haitian uh, i was born and raised in fort lauderdale okay. florida and um my parents are immigration i mean immigrants and um yeah, I'm first generation. Mm-hmm. And as far as your upbringing, uh, I know, so you're in the accounting world now. Um, ha- has like finances and, and being accountable with your with your decision making, decision making, and with money, was that emphasized, or you to kind of develop that? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So um, my dad, he was he was an ice cream man, uh-huh. so he would always have us count his money when he come home after, and it's cash, so quarters all that and we would have to put it in different piles and he would make sure that we had the right numbers because he would have an idea of what the amount was supposed to be so we were surrounded by that and then my mom she was a huge saver well she still is a huge saver my dad was more the spender like investments and taking risks my mom was more of a let me make sure there's an nest egg. So she would always say, oh, make sure you do this. Make sure you make sure you save. Oh, make sure you don't spend all your money. So, yeah, we, we had uh, both of those dynamics. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, now, as far as siblings, yeah, siblings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have nine. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad said there may, there's probably others. So, yeah. <laughs> right, right. So I, I, you, you an upgrade, right? Yes. So you, you stopped at a bachelor's degree or did you, did you go further? So yeah, I have a master's. Okay, master in? Accountancy. Okay. Yes. All right, so this is going to be a, a very uh, informal or formal conversation. Yeah. yeah. You, you know a lot about what we're about to talk about. Absolutely. So um, what made you get into the tax and accounting world? So it's pretty interesting. Uh, my sister, she actually was a bookkeeper for the state and she would make me <laughs> do the bookkeeping her her work that she took home and so she taught me how to do it and then she would just take home her work and then have me do it <laughs> um, and then eventually she went off to open her accounting firm and now why not have her sister so I, I started working with her learning all about taxes bookkeeping all that good stuff went on to high school I learned bookkeeping there and accounting and then college and yeah so it followed me my majority of my life so how long have you been doing this for almost 12 years yeah quite a long yeah a long time so all you know is numbers like all day yeah yeah (laughs) like i look at them all day all night and then i'm like okay let me just close my eyes a little bit look at them again (laughs) so uh what what does uh tax preparation look like okay so it's it looks like really putting all the information into the software so a lot of people when they come to me they just really see me pushing buttons and then all of a sudden i come out with a magical number (laughs) on what how much they owe or or have to pay but on the back end it's really making sure that you know tax law Mm -hmm. Um, because when you know tax law you're able to actually maximize the client's refund and decrease their liabilities legally 
um, versus just throwing a bunch of stuff together and then saying, well, here you go. Um, so decreasing the likely chances of them getting an audit. And then if they get an audit, they actually have this stuff to back up what's on the tax return. Okay. And as far as uh, understanding who I should get to do my taxes, what should I be looking for? Like, um, what's like a red, like a red flag? Like, bro, don't use it. Right. How long they've been in the industry. Also, um, you know, asking them kind of probing questions. Um, maybe something that you saw on um, online or an article that you read about tax law. Um, even like researching something really quick that's very specific and then asking them about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of people, you know, they just know the data entry part. You know, the same thing you do on TurboTax. <laughs> they just know that part. Um, but it's actually those that know tax law that knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And many don't know under or even understand tax law. They just know the data entry part. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. I say so. Um, what, what, like, what would be the benefit of me coming like to somebody like yourself versus going to like H and R Block, mm-hmm. or like, like, what's the benefit of, of using like somebody like you? Right. So H and R Block, Liberty, um, Liberty Mutual, all those agencies, um, you could the average person could just go there. Um, of course, you can't have like any felonies and things like that. You have to be able to get a pizza number, um, a pair prayer number with the IRS. Um, but they really take anyone, teach them the basics of taxes, and say, hey, now you can file taxes under us. So that person doesn't understand tax law either. <laughs> they just know mostly the data entry part. So they're essentially doing what you know TurboTax and all those other softwares are doing. Um, maybe they know a little bit more because they did attend the H&R Block class. Um, but they just know the basics, just enough to get the client in the door and then out. Okay, now are you pra- are you doing this during just tax season, or are you doing all this kind of stuff year round? Yeah, year round. So my clients that um, uh, wait until the last minute to file their taxes, or maybe they haven't filed their taxes in years, they're like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm three years behind. Help me!" Um, they come to me in the middle of the year, and I, I get them together. Um, of course, you shouldn't wait that long. <laughs> Please don't wait that long. But, you know, if that is the case, then, yeah, I do it year-round. Year what would you say uh, is, a, is a good habit to develop um, for somebody? Like, should I be, as far as, like, bookkeeping and all this stuff throughout the year? Like, how can I keep up with what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Like, some of, the, some of the habits you would suggest. Right, so it's having the right one, having the right software, and then you have to have those habits. So I recommend um, QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the. Um, I'm I'm also certified with QuickBooks as well, but it's one of those softwares that help a lot with small business owners because it tracks your mileage. You can upload your receipts to there, and it um, syncs with your bank account. So all your transactions that you're doing on a daily basis are on in QuickBooks. It also, when you're categorizing and all that, doing the bookkeeping. It puts them into different categories so that now you actually can generate financial statements. So you can have your profit and loss, you can have your balance sheet, statement of cash flows, all those in just that software. So it's just really you making sure that you go into your QuickBooks and actually do the categorizing or have somebody that do it. And, um, and then make sure that you're actually tracking the mileage and uploading receipts. Now, um, say I'm, I'm a customer or a client that has, I'm like, this is my first time working with you. Uh, now, after tax season, I I know, I in my head, I'm thinking, oh, I'm supposed to just follow up with you again next year. 
Like, for tax time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what throughout the year? Why? Why is that a no? Like because throughout the year. Um, because when you go to sit down and file your taxes, at that point, everything that happened last year is done. There's no changing. There's no strategy. There is nothing like what you owe is what you owe or what you have to pay. You know, that's it. Versus during the year, if you have to change strategies or pivot because it's a more, um, it's a, it's a better way of decreasing your tax liability or even helpful to growing your business, scaling your business to the next level, then you do that in the year. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Not wait until the end of the year and be like, oh shoot, maybe I should have implemented that because you could have done that before. So making sure that you're keeping in touch with your accountant, um, yeah, as well. Now, uh, how do you how do you t- uh, take ownership and, and, and navigate your not not even success, but your ability to help people? How do you know when you're being successful? How do you know when you're being a good tax strategist? Like, how do you know when yeah. you're doing what you're supposed to be doing? So I know uh, when I actually sit, because I study all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Year round, I'm always um, looking at new um, courses. My coaches are always always putting out new information as well for me to learn. Um, Tax law is something that changes all the time. And honestly, not one person's going to know all the tax law. The IRS don't even know all the tax law, you know? But um, to my best ability, I make sure I, I, I know the common ones, the most common ones, and then I know the specific things to the different clients. So if they come to me and they're like, hey, this is what my tax issue is, you know, I need to make sure I do all the research pertaining to that issue to give them the best strategy. So I know that I'm uh, confident in my delivery because of the work that I do in preparation before I deliver the information. Because one thing I don't want to be is, is wrong. Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. So, I mean, professions like myself, like a doctor, you want a doctor doesn't want to be like, oh, shoot, oops, wrong pill. Like, you know, oops, wrong uh, um, scalpel. Maybe I should have used the other and now the person's dead. And I don't want to be like, oh, shoot, that just that just cost them a million dollars. You know, or that just costs them a thousand dollars. Or even if it's $500 mistake, you know, because something that could have been avoided if I made sure that I read up on it. Now, uh, is there any, um, because there's some small business owners that they they truthfully don't understand what should be written off. They don't understand how to, that all of that, to even think about that. What we were talking about before the episode started, like some of this stuff is scary to even think about for some people. Okay. So is there any resources that you would recommend for a small business owner to stay up to date on just different ways to maximize their dollar and also put their money in safe places mm-hmm. and, and guarantee some type of security with their money? Do you, like, is there any, any resources out there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's quite a few. I mean, you know, for tax law, you know, there's the IRS website. Of course, it's pretty intense and overwhelming to navigate, um, but we also provide the um, information as well. So on the strategic accountant website, we have information on there. We have a tax checklist for our business owners to help them with gathering documents and even expenses. And then we also have um, that I just launched the Sipping Wealth platform. Okay. So I go live every Tuesday um, and I provide information, relevant information, um, recent information on whatever is changing or new in the industry. Um, and all that information goes on the Sipping Wealth website as well. So on that website, there is information on there and it's being updated all the time. Um, so 
we try to make sure that there's resources out there that could help with navigating the financial world. Okay, so you said you, you, you run a platform called Sipping Wealth. Sipping Wealth. What exactly is Sipping Wealth again? So Sipping Just Wealth. Yeah, so Sipping Wealth is a um, it's a financial literacy platform. Okay. Um, so it's a branch off of Strategic Tax Accountants, formerly Grand Rev Financial. So it used to be um, out under one umbrella versus, hey, let's provide the financial literacy component because it's an issue for a lot of people. And, um, and there's a lot of <laughs> information when it comes to the financial industry. So, yes, I do the live, but also saying, hey, here's tangible information to walk away with as well. Um, here are different resources on here, different um, uh, other people in the industry that you may want to look at as well. Okay. Uh, and I know you're a part of the life insurance world as well, right? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> just briefly, like, why is... Why is it important to, to understand the, the money aspect, but then also the, the life insurance? Like, what are the benefits of, of life insurance and how does this stuff like kind of come together? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I got the license for a reason because it does work hand in hand. Um, now, when it comes to wealth development, you have to have a lot of different things in place. So, and, and uh, one of the huge things in making sure that you're decreasing your tax liabilities and increasing your wealth and keeping more money in your pocket is having those different components, retirement planning, having that life insurance component as well. Um, this is money that, you know, you have the gains that you can earn through the life insurance policy that's, you know, you have the cash value that can be utilized while you're still alive. And then you have that safety net that if anything happens, whether it's a terminal illness or a chronic illness, that you're still covered. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, it does have that safety net. And then as a business, you have that where you have the key em- employee um, life insurance policy and you have different policies that you can actually pay through your business. So it's like a two in one. Why not insure yourself through your business? And then also on the other side, on personal life, you know that you have that safety net as well. Right. So you're saving in taxes and you're saving for your future and you're saving for incidentals if anything mm-hmm. happens. Now, there's a lot of uh, our followers and, and fans are, and viewers. A lot of us, we, we struggle with trying to, to un- understand life insurance and and why do you feel, why is it, why is it that? Like, why do people, why are people mm-hmm. scared of that? Um, and why shouldn't they be? I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, thinking. I feel like the notion with life insurance is like, because you have to have the conversation about death. And people run from that conversation because it's like it's a hard conversation to have. Mm-hmm. But if one thing is is uh, gonna you know gonna happen, <laughs> it's hey you're gonna pay taxes and you're gonna die at some uh-huh. point, right? So um, so it is the conversation to have, and it's like hey, what kind of legacy or that you want to leave behind, but also what kind of life do you want to live now? Um, and then the better the earlier you do it, the better because now your money's earning on that money that you invested previously. Right. So it's like, hey, even though it could be an uncomfortable conversation to have, it's a conversation to have because you have other, um, I would say, ethnic group, people in the other communities, <laughs> and then we have our, our black community that's afraid to have that conversation or don't have that conversation until it's too late. So I'm always like, hey, do you, do you plan to have life insurance? And they're like, I don't know. Well, maybe you should have that conversation <laughs> with them. Right. And at this point, it's so expensive to insure them, you know, right. like, because they're it's older. too late because they're older. Yeah. So now that we're young, like, um, 
I started uh, my li- uh, getting life insurance when I was in college. Uh-huh. So my college uh, policy was like uh, my first, that was like a term policy. I was like, okay, you know, I- I'm living the college struggle life. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, let me do like $30 policy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, it was cool, you know, half a million dollars, $30 policy is cool. Um, but you know, that's still there. But then as I, I, I gained in wealth and things like that, my how much I'm worth and things like uh, like I need to make sure that I have enough mm-hmm. money at uh, life insurance to take that into account as well. So now I'm like, all right, let me entertain an IUL, a un- index universal life. Let me get an additional term because it's a cheap policy. Why not? Um, so now it's like now I'm four policies in the game. Yeah. <laughs> so I really good. Yeah. So now adds 65, 70. If I'm like, I want to remove that cash value that accumulated and cash value um, 50, maybe even 100, 200K, I can. Yeah, right. Right, and I could, you know, put that into annuity and pay me monthly. Right. You know, so there's different things that you can structure for your 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 retirement, you know, the future. Why not? So, so to your point, okay, so because I've had a couple conversations with, with Farouk, everybody knows, that's my, that's my dog, <laughs> you know, uh, and about life insurance. Um, so what... How, why is, is uh, life, why should I get life insurance? Uh, and here's what people are saying. Mm-hmm. Why should I get life insurance if I'm going to be dead? How does, so again, while I'm alive, how is life insurance going to help me? Right. That's what, I'm, so I'm asking you, so like, why should I get a life insurance policy? Mm-hmm. You know, aside from what you just told me, somebody that's coming into this conversation that don't understand the annuities on the back end. Mm-hmm. They don't don't understand the, the the cash values on the back end. Like so, why should I go do this? Because if anything, if if something happens where you become like chronically ill or where you can't work or you can't feed yourself, that policy can can essentially help you get income while you're down and out while you're alive. Okay, that's so, what I'm getting. At. Okay. Yeah. So. so you're alive now. You're sick. You can't work. And now you're like, shoot, where am I gonna get money? Disability is not enough if you get if you qualify for disability. So now you need some other source of income, uh-huh. and that policy can provide that income for you. Now is this all policies or just? Oh, certain policies. Okay. Yeah. So uh, usually people get term life, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, so like, uh, so I have a VUL. Okay. So and I've had an IUL. I just switched over. So, yeah. um. Exp- Elaborate on the difference and the, the, the how how do you understand if you need a term life or if you need you like how do you yeah. know what you're supposed to get? Yeah, so um, it depends on how much money you have. Yeah, to put away. Yeah, right, right. Because you don't want to be like, oh yeah, let me do two hundred dollars a month, and you really can't sustain it. Right. Um, but you want to you want to grow your insurance, the amount of insurance you have as you grow in assets and in your life and income. Because you, ideally you want to have enough income, I mean, life insurance relative to your life. So how much income you have, how much retirement money you need, and maybe if you have kids or a mortgage, um, the a payment for your mortgage and the education for your children. Mm-hmm. So those are really the four components you want to consider when you're like, okay, how much life insurance do I need? Um, and then like... When you when you're like, hey, um, you can't, you you come to a stage where you're like, okay, I can't, um, 
uh, maybe you got into a car accident. Mm-hmm. You know, those are things that you can't really uh, prevent, even though, you know, you could be safe, but you can't control the other driver. So say you got into a car accident, now you're, you can't walk and you can't um, shower on your own, whatever case may be. Now you have this policy that's paying you out, but it's not touching the death benefit as well. So even though um, maybe down the line something may happen to you, then you can still tap into it. Um, now with term policies, term is just for like the name for a certain time period. So it could be 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and I recommend term policies for everyone because it's a cheap policy. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, like, yes, it's um, a policy that will expire after a certain amount of time, it's a policy that's relatively cheap that you can tap into that if something happens during that time period, it's a high def- benefit. Um, so and after I, the term is over, what, what can I do with um, You can either keep the term policy going, but it's usually so expensive to do that that it's not even worth it at that point. Um, and then there's certain policies, like I know with the um, uh, the agency that I'm with, all the term policies are convertible. Okay. So if you get to year 18 and you're like, oh, let me convert it into something fixed, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, you know, because it's about to expire, you can do that. Okay. Um, if you're, you know, in year 10 and it's a 20-year um, t- term, and you say, hey, I want to convert, um, maybe it's a million-dollar term, I want to convert 20, uh, 200K into something fixed, mm-hmm. you know, you can do that. And as you grow, you can convert the term into something fixed so that it doesn't expire. Right. Um, but traditionally, terms expire after a certain amount of time. So you're saying you should have you should have a term and uh, something fixed. Something fixed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now explain fixed. Oh, fixed can be your whole life, um, your IULs, your VULs, um, variable life insurance, index life insurance, um, index universal life. Um, and you can have those different policies. Uh, the whole life are to, um, traditionally a lot cheaper than the IULs and the VULs because of um, those being uh, invested into different index funds. Right. Um, with your whole life, it's giving you a certain percentage, maybe 4%, 6% um, cash value, but um, you also can take money out, but it's a loan. Um, you have to put that money back <laughs> unless you know you want that penalty. And then at the end, you know, if somebody has a whole life and then they borrowed money from their policy and then something happens to them where they die, it's like, oh, shoot, I thought he had a, a 500K policy. Right, right. No, I get a check for 50000 It's like, what happened <laughs> yeah. to all the money? <laughs> right, right. You know, right. so um, so that's usually what happens with whole life policies. So um, some people, they're like, yeah, I got it, you know, uh-huh. and then something happens. Um, but then you have your universal um, and your... I mean, uh, yeah, universal life policies, which traditionally has a floor. So if the market crashes, you won't lose all your money, um, your cash value uh, accumulation. And then if the market skyrockets, it's capped at a certain amount. Um, but um, your variable lives are different, um, different as well. But um, with the IULs, they're traditionally like that. They're invested in the index. Um, if you're doing America Index or whatever the case may be, uh, that's how the IULs work. And they tend to have a higher growth because of their where they're in the, uh, invested into. Okay. Um, and then, so as far as uh, me having like a side hustle, like if, so if I drive for Uber, if I, if I do Lyft, or if I, what am I doing on the side? I cut hair on the side, whatever it is. Right. How do I stay, you know, how do I not get in trouble with IRS? What? <laughs> Claiming the income for one. 
I'm like, but so I, mean, I, get, yeah. I, I understand. <laughs> so, but it's like, okay, nah, they take my money. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, people that do Uber and Lyft, yes, you still have to claim that income if it's over $400. Um, And then make sure that you're tracking, like, your mileage and stuff that you're using because you can write that stuff off. You know, a lot of people don't realize that, hey, you can do write-offs that that actually um, have to do with whatever you're doing. So, so yeah. you're so so you're so you're saying I should I should get QuickBooks mm-hmm. and I should allow it to track me mm-hmm. and I should I should use the I should hook my uh, QuickBook account to whatever Uber is paying it to. Mm-hmm. So you're saying if, if that's, yeah. that's just what you're saying. Yeah. So if you're uh, you want to keep it separate and honestly, like bank accounts, depending on the bank account that you open, um, you can open bank accounts that are free. Right, um, so you don't have to worry about paying and whatever. So you open a, ba- a new bank account and you have that money going towards into that account, even if it's a personal account. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to go get an LLC and yeah. do the whole shebang. Um, it's, you know, it's just Uber income. So you have a separate account, you have Uber depositing the money in there and then you do your expenses from there too. So if you're getting gas, it just helps keep everything in one place. Right, and then your your account is, is- Strictly for you is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that clears the air for for a lot of people. Um. What What do you say? What do you say is what is one of the biggest problems you see with small business owners, um, when it comes to taxes? Like you said, this is what you should have did. This. Yeah. It's like I just mentioned before, mixing, intermingling personal and business, um, funds, accounts. Even when they have a business account. They still <laughs> mix their personal, like, oh, yeah, um, can I highlight a couple of stuff on my personal account that I really spent for business? Like, imagine you are sitting in the middle of an audit with the IRS, mm-hmm. and you're saying, yeah, Mr. IRS person, I wrote that off, but I paid for it for my personal <laughs> account. Like, and then, you know, like, if, you know, you imagine how that conversation <laughs> is going to go. You know, so um, stop intermingling. Like, you really want to stay away from intermingling the funds. If you want to do a transfer to your personal account, um, like a, a distribution, or if you're um, just paying yourself, it's a also proprietor or whatever. You can transfer to your personal account, um, but if you're like running transactions up on your personal account and then you're like, yeah, that was really business. Like, come on, like that gets really hard to prove. It's messy. Um, you want to stay away from that. The other thing is like not actually keeping records. So they don't know. Like <laughs> they're like, um, uh, um, I think I have Cash App, um, Zelle, <laughs> um, and then Venmo. Some, you know, it's like, like you collect, you know, you you have payments coming from everywhere, and now you don't know how much you made. It's all over the place. Um, and then if this uh, regulation passes, as far as like the banking industry being open to the IRS, um, seeing if the they're depositing six hundred or more into the accounts. And that's going to open a whole bed of worms, you know? So you want to keep uh, start, like, practicing these procedures now because not only is it less stressful on you, it's a lot cheaper as well <laughs> because now I'm not going through bank statements or any other tax repair or accountant. Um, but on the other end, it's also less time-consuming because now you don't have to actually try to figure out where all the incomes are or how much I actually made. And then on the per- on a personal end, when you don't track stuff like that, you don't know how to plan for better. Mm-hmm. So now, like, 
you had income coming off of so many different places. You've been spending off from so many different places. How do you know how to improve? Right. You don't uh-huh. because you have nothing to track. <laughs> right. Right. So you're not leaving room for improvement at that point. Like, is uh, is your ultimate goal to move to the next level or do you want to continue to live the hustle life? Mm-hmm. So. so speaking of audits, what? how likely is it for me to go get for me to get audited by the IRS? Um, I mean, the chances are, are relatively low. I mean, probably like 0.5 percent. Mm-hmm. Um. But the IRS did just hire 87,000 new employees. <laughs> so they're ready. They're, they're ready. Um, <laughs> but they're definitely going to hike up the amount of audits um, coming up this year and everything like that. Um, they're delaying like how quickly they're sending out refunds because they want to make sure that people actually qualify with the credits. Um, so they're really tightening up our regulations because they gave out so much money. And the, and the U.S. is like going broke <laughs> even though it's been broke for a while but um but yeah the the um the economy is is um is in turmoil all right <laughs> so uh that's that's why the inflation rates are ridiculous and all that because they're trying to meet it with the downturn in the economy and everything but yeah so they're like oh we need to grab as much in taxes as we can so all the people doing write-offs and trying to avoid taxes mm-hmm. We need to kind of hike, um, you know, kind of look at them more. Um, so they are going to tighten up regulations and, and all that. So, like, what's the consequences look like? Uh, so <laughs> for those of you who think you're going to get thrown in jail for, for doing one thing wrong, <laughs> it takes a lot more than that. Right. So um, these celebrities that got thrown in jail for tax evasion, they had to be doing it for, like, years. So this is, like, 15 years down the line. They At that point, they avoided... 20 million dollars in taxes you know like it, it's extreme cases but um but there's a lot of penalties involved so there's penalties and then the interest on the penalty plus the taxes owed so it does become a lot of money um especially when you have employees and different things involved so if you have people that you're paying as contractors that are really supposed to be employees there's penalties associated with that as well. So, because you have to make sure that you're actually paying them as W-2 versus, oh, I don't want to pay the taxes, so I paid them as 1099, even though I tell them exactly what to do every day, every time they clock in. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like oh, they're an employee. Um, but yeah, so there's uh, quite a bit of penalties involved when it comes to that. It's very, it's, it's, it's crazy you say that. I have a colleague, she is, uh, she doesn't work for me anymore, but she was working for, and I'm, I'm not going to say the insurance company, but she was working for uh, XYZ uh, on 1099, and she made like $87,000. Mm-hmm. This was last year. Uh, and now she, and she blew it. She didn't have, she's, she's 20 years old. She's 20 years old. Oh, she's living life. Right. She's a, she's a, she's a, she's a, she's a licensed <laughs> Take financial. Take me on a trip. She's a licensed financial <laughs> advisor, so she was selling annuities and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So she, uh. Now, she owes the IRS, and she's a bartender, and she cannot afford to pay everything she owes. Like, right. she's just some deep stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's sad. It's yeah. very sad. Fortunately, she's going to have interest accumulating this whole time. Yeah. Until she clears out the bill on, you know, on those penalties in the tax bill. So, yeah. like, it's like eventually, if you can't pay them back, like, what? So, they just keep adding on and adding on and just keep adding on? Yeah. Until you pay them one day? <laughs> they, yeah, you had to you had to pay them. The interest will still be accumulating. 
So is uh, what I'm. I guess what my question is: Is there any point to where they say like, okay, I'm closing your bank accounts, expenses, or is there any way, especially with the the, uh, the direction they're moving? Right. Do you do you foresee them like saying, okay, I'm I'm stopping your expenses on X Y Z? Oh, like garnishing your wages right. and all yeah, that. Yeah, they can. Um, but to get to that level, you have to not have a payment plan set up with them. You basically are avoiding them okay. at that point, and you're treating them like a debt collector, and that's one thing they won't do. <laughs> okay, <laughs> they are not gonna call you and harass you. What they will do is garnish your wages, um, see, and then they'll um, throw, um, freeze your bank accounts and things like that. They'll start doing that actually, that's put nice. levies out. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're not going to wait. Like, right. yeah, you have to call them. You have to communicate with them. They do payment plans. And then there are forgiveness plans and stuff like that. But in her case, yeah, she wouldn't really qualify for them unless, like, she had a huge hardship. Um, but, yeah, there are things that can be done regardless. So uh, now is, and we're, we're, we're getting close to the end here. So my last question is, uh, as I'm going throughout the year and I, I'm not a business owner mm-hmm. I'm going throughout the year and I work a job um, what should I do to uh, acquire like how, how can how can I maximize my side hustle on the on the money end? like so if I'm if I have QuickBooks mm-hmm. and uh, again I'm not a small business owner but I might drive every now and then or I might go do XYZ right uh, how do I seek the, how do I know if I need to go get the term life or the, how do I maximize this whole little shebang? That yeah, this whole pyramid of right. wealth. Um, like wealth you, management, really. Yeah. So you um, put in place like different retirement options. You you max those things out, like, because at the end of the day, you want to save for your retirement. But um, generally, the money that we're making now, as we, you know, growing up, and wealth and stuff like that. Maybe not right now in your low 20s. Right. Um, but as you get into your 30s and 40s, you know, that's a lot of times the most that you're making in your life. Mm-hmm. So at those, like, you want to make sure you're maximizing, even at a young age, because that money has a longer time to grow. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you're maximizing um, your um, individual um, IRAs accounts, maybe a self-directed IRA if you want to, um, be fancy and trade on your own and maybe you want to buy a farm with your retirement fund whatever the case may be um, you can do that um, and then there are credits for you actually saving for your retirement mm-hmm. like the IRS wants you to save for your retirement right um, so you have those credits associated which help with your tax bill and it also helps with your future um, you get your life insurance and things like that that's accumulating that's sa- um, that's also saving you if anything happens. Um, you get your um, different, uh, like maybe you want to do an ETF, or even maybe you want to do something a little more liquid, like a money mutual account, whatever. Um, but you put your money in those different, um, those instruments, and have your money growing. Because at the end of the day, all these things that we fill our houses with, it don't really matter. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? I mean, really. we're like, ooh, you know, I need this, do you? Like, and then really you know, need. we look down the line and we're like, shoot. I could have really put that. I just think about all the refund checks I had in college, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, could have been flipped. You know, like, yeah. wow, it could have really been living life. Right. But, um, right. like, but we're like, ooh, we're going to um, pure. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, do, so do I, so do I, uh, 
seek a who am I looking am I going to get hire an accountant to get this information mm-hmm. and or not get the information to sign myself up for this type of stuff right. am I going to a life insurance agent am I going to one of these brokers down in the town center who right. am I going to to set this up for myself you need a team at the end of the day like it takes a village to raise a child mm-hmm. it takes a, a team to really have a great financial house um, like you don't want just one person handling your finances because you want like you don't want just one doctor like you have a specialist for everything so you have your your gyno you have your um, orthopedic whatever the case may be because they specialize in those different areas and they're going to give you the the best uh, pertaining to that particular thing so on the accounting side yes like hey you want an accountant da, da, da. on the insurance side if it's um if it's insurance so i mainly do hey insurance to um plan like business insurance things like that um, but i also you know help individuals as well um and then if you're like hey i want to get into investments and making sure like that yeah go to um you know you can't just walk into fidelity mm-hmm. they're gonna tell you to go online right. <laughs> <laughs> until you have enough money right but um you know like other people um other agencies and things like that that will help you depending on where you are in your, your money journey mm-hmm. so you you definitely need a team right okay. uh so as far as uh having a team um i'm a regular person i i make average money a year do I need to get an accountant or do I need to just get somebody that does taxes? Mm-hmm. So you're, uh, you have accountants that just do accounting and bookkeeping that may not even do the tax stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say, yeah, I get an accountant. Um, so you do want someone that's knowledgeable in tax law. So if somebody's just like a, as maybe they're just a W2 employee, um, you just really need uh, a tax preparation. Right, so just adding your W two in and that's it. Mm-hmm. But if you're adding like side hustles and different things like that, that's when an accountant, a tax law specialist, come involved. But if you're just W two, maybe you're just working for one employer, and then you're like, hmm, I want to, you know, maximize my retirement. Hmm, I want to get life insurance. Then you get those people involved. But if it's just, I mean, but if you start doing business stuff or you start doing side hustles, yeah, you want to start getting a bookkeeper, accountant. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I think that, so. This is a lot of information, a lot of a lot of good information. So, what are the two most important things you, you, you think listeners should t- take from this episode? Mm-hmm. Um, don't be afraid <laughs> to really um, don't avoid. I would say your financial issues. Uh, attack them. Don't be afraid of them because they're they're not going anywhere. They're just, um, you know, spiraling. They're snowballing into something bigger. Um, so it's only getting worse the more you try to avoid it. So just face it head on. And it will save you a lot of stress and time in the future and money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, make sure that you have the, uh, a knowledgeable person. So it's, you know, you have, so especially now in, uh, now, um, in this day and age where, you know, the internet is sensationalized, you know, you have people on there saying, yeah, I'm smart and I do this and I'm the expert. And then you're like, wait, do you even do this for yourself? <laughs> wait, where are you? Um, so you want to make sure that the person that you're going to, the person that you're adding to your financial team is knowledgeable and knows what they're doing. Um, you know, so I'll say those two things. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then before we plug, get out of here, plug yourself in. Where can these people find your information? Uh, yes. You do a lot of. You put this information out like free. Right. You know. So how, how can I benefit from your 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 plan? Like if I'm listening. So. Yeah. 
So um, you can follow Strategic Tax Accountant on all social media platforms and head over to our website as well, Strategic Tax Accountant. Um, and then also um, Sipping Wealth. So the Sipping Wealth YouTube channel literally has, I'd say probably like o- almost 100 episodes of financial information that you could really just hit the play button and do your thing. Right. Okay. Uh, it was. A, it, I appreciate you for coming and, and helping us out. You know, it's uh, humbling. You know, and uh, I think a lot of people gonna gonna appreciate this information. You know, and we always tell people every time they listen to this episode, stay in your. Head.